Yes, there is a war, indeed, and I thank you, Lord God, for the revelation of your love and truth to us in the midst of the war, that you have never left us, you will not leave us or forsake us. I thank you, God, that you'd secure this place, this time, give us eyes to see, ears to hear, receive the revelation of the power of your word and of your promise, of your reality, of your truth. Lord God, that we will not just go um, just through our lives without that revelation, that we would wake up, that we would see what's happening all around us, Lord God, and that we would be able to choose um, your side, Lord God. And I thank you, Father, for the promises of protection, that no weapon formed against us will prosper, that no word said, no deed done, no actions taken, even by the God of this world, will be able to separate us from the love of God or destroy us. Keep us, Lord God, in our words, our thoughts, our our commitments, Lord God, our our revelations, Lord God, our families, our health and safety, our traveling, our vehicles, our finances, everything that pertains to us, Lord God. And I thank you that no plague will come nigh our dwelling. I thank you, Lord God, that you've delivered us. You are our strong tower, our righteousness, our shield and protection, Lord. Now guide us as we um, consider your word today. Uh, and whose side we're on. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, at this particular time in history, at least here in the United States, there's a lot of division about a lot of issues that are that are facing us. Mm-hmm. And um, But we want to talk about sides today, taking who's sides, right? Taking sides. And, and the question we want to ask is, who is on the Lord's side? And where does that question come from? Well, the, it comes from Exodus chapter 32, uh, verse, uh, well, 23. And for they said to me, Aaron is, you know, Moses is going up on the mountain getting the Ten Commandments. He's staying there quite a while, I think 40, 40 days, days, 40 yeah. nights. He's up there, and the people say, you know, what happened to him, the guy he, that led us out of here? He's never going to come out back. Out of Egypt. He's not going to come back. Where is he? We're stuck here. And they talked to Aaron, who shouldn't have known better. And they said, well, he's gone, so we we got to get some new gods. <laughs> new gods. So they, they basically take all their gold jewelry, melt it down, and then Aaron, you know, Moses hears the noise. They're partying. There's an, basically there's an orgy going on. Mm-hmm. Comes down from the mountain, and, and he sees and he hears and he sees what's going on, and he just smashes the, the golden Ten Commandments, cal- oh. the law. There was a golden calf. Yeah. Aaron said, well, the people, they wanted some gods, mm-hmm. so they brought their jewelry, and we we put it all together, melted down, and all of a sudden, there's this calf came out. It's just yeah. like, oh, really? Mm-hmm. You know, no. and yeah. so Magically. Moses is upset, God is upset, and uh, anyway... Um, but it wasn't like and, God and didn't know this was going to happen. Right, and I said to them... Uh, this calf came out. So when Moses saw that the people, Exodus thirty-two twenty-five, were unrestrained. In other words, they were just given over to this cut thing, and loose, mm-hmm. given over to their idolatry, unrestrained. Excuse me. For Aaron had not restrained them to their shame among their enemies. So they were just cut and loose, living really in the flesh. I mean, totally, totally there. And Moses stood, verse 26, at the entrance of the camp and said, 
Whoever is on the Lord's side, come to me. Mm-hmm. And all the sons of Levi gathered themselves together to him. So he says, okay, we've got to have, there's a side here uh, that we want you to be on. Well, and who, who's on the Lord's side? Now, there's, there, there's, there's only one side, basically. Uh, I, the big issue there is idolatry. Mm-hmm. And it's it, it's the same big issue today is idolatry. Well, idolatry uh, means you have another god yeah, other than the one true god. Yeah, it, it can be anything. Idol I, I, can be our stuff. It can be our fear. It can be another person. You know, it can be a mindset, a, a misinterpretation, a wrong idea of who God is. So I just want to ask you a question here today. Um, are you on the Lord's side? Well, do and we... some there's there's ba- I, I would say Marjorie there's basically three answers to that to that question are you on the Lord's side number one no number two I hope so mm-hmm. and number three yes so where are you see well, see we want to that... have God or our ideas about God mm-hmm. on our side but the false ideas we have even about the one true living God are the false ideas there about Him are actually our idols. Well, I so. think the problem is that, like in the uh, the children of Israel, had lost their revelation of God. They had just been through the plagues. They'd seen God open the Red Sea, actually, probably within a month or two of that time. And they had not, and, and it says, where there is no revelation of God, the people cast off restraint. And so there wasn't, there was just a, a party spirit among them and a, and a kind of a, who cares? It's going to go bad. We're going to go down. Pharaoh's going to come and get us anyway. They were uh, kind of like in that place of delay. And we are in that place of delay even now where it's, it's you know, people are tempted, uh, as the enemy tempted them, to cast off restraint. And who is on the Lord's side? Well, ultimately, ultimately what happened is um, they had to choose because there was a point in time where Moses had to draw a line literally and said, you get those of you who are with me or with God get on this side and those of you who are with the enemy or he, I don't remember the name of the guy, you go with him. And when they separated, the earth separated and those who were um, not on the Lord's side at that point were swallowed up in the great earthquake. Yeah, that was Korah. Mm -hmm. Korah's rebellion that that took place later on. So it's all a matter of sides. Whose side are you on? And, and the thing is that God does not take sides. Right. God does not take sides. He, God is on his own side. Yeah. And we are given opportunities to get on his side. To declare our allegiance and our loyalty to him. And this is what it's really all about. This is what the, the war has always been about between God and Satan for the souls of men. It's basically bottom line. Whose report are you going to believe? Are you going to believe the report of the Lord? Um, and live by faith and trust in his trust, believe in his promises that God is faithful, keeps his word, even though there's many delays, there's many times of waiting, there's many times when it's made to look like God is not going to come through, he's not faithful, he's not there for you, he doesn't care about you. Those are the temptations that people um, fall for in this wait, waiting time of waiting. But it's also a time of of testing. It's a time of, of declaring your allegiance. I mean, really, if you read the book of Revelations, and we won't go there yet, but the ultimate, ultimate is there's only two kingdoms. 
And there's God's kingdom and Satan's kingdoms. And we're all going to end up in one of those two kingdoms someday. None of us have a kingdom. No one, not one of us. Uh, there's, there's, so when we try to sort things out into the world or God or the devil, there's no kingdom of the world. That is going to become Satan's kingdom. It is his kingdom. So you have to realize that we are in, in a test of, a time of testing and trial to determine um, our allegiance is giving God is giving us an opportunity here to declare whose whose report whose side we're going to be on. So the opportunity is actually a command in Acts chapter seventeen. Uh, you know, sometimes we we think that, well, there's a middle ground. You know, there there, there is no middle ground. Not between sin and, and no, righteousness. not between no. the Lord and and the Lord and His kingdom and Satan and His kingdom. Acts chapter 17 and verses 29 through 31. And Paul is writing to the, uh, talking to the uh, philosophers at Athens, okay? The philosophers at Athens that still contributed to what we call Western thought, uh, perverse philosophy, false yeah. false mm-hmm. science, the world's philosophy. We still have that with us today. Mm-hmm. So um, he says um, in verse 29, so he says, Okay, God, uh, in him we live and move and have our being, talking about God, verse 28. And then in 29, it says, since we are the offspring of God. Now, we're not necessarily the children of God. We're the creation of God, but we don't become the children of God until until we put our faith in Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. So he says, we ought not to think that the divine nature is like gold or silver or stone, or something shaped by art and man's devising. You know, in, so this is where we have idols, we have statues, we have... Even our thoughts can become imi- an idol. Images, yeah, images in our minds. Our plans. Our plans, can, can become our, our ideas our schedules. of God. Mm-hmm. Our know, careers. Our, our mm-hmm. careers, our ideals, about, our ideas about life. He says in verse 30, Truly these times of ignorant ignorance God overlooked but now commands all men everywhere to repent. So repentance is not a matter of uh, a suggestion from God. It's an imperative. if, If I give you a command to do something, you either do it or you don't do it. Right. It's like, well, maybe you might want to consider if you feel like it. So God was very clear. That's not it. He said, it's a, a, the command is repentance. What, what, basically was the message of Jesus, and it's still the message of the church today. It needs to be the message of the church. It's the only message we have is that repent and believe the gospel. So what repentance is, is changing sides. Repentance is changing your mind, changing your direction. It's coming on the Lord's side. Right. And, you know, the thing is that people don't, they say, well, I don't want to be told what to do. You know, God has given me a free will, and if I don't want to serve God, I don't have to serve God. Well, you that don't is, have to. That is correct. But God is giving the command, not because he's demanding your allegiance or needs us for any reason to do what he says. It doesn't bless, I mean, it blesses him, of course, but it doesn't uh, strengthen his position. But what it does, he's, he's actually, you know, like you're a parent, you give your child a command, don't run out into the street and play your ball in the street because you're going to get, you could be get very hurt. And so he says here, but the next verse, he says, um, because he has appointed a day on which he will judge the world 
in righteousness by the man whom he ordained, he will give, he has given assurance of this to all by raising him from the dead. So that was the first sign of God's, you know, promise. But the, but the ultimate revelation is in Revelations, where the books are going to be opened and the, judge, the dead are going to be judged out of what is written in the books. It says, and the books were opened. The books were opened at the great white throne judgment. This is the judgment for the people who did not know Jesus Christ. And so these people can only be judged by their works. They're not going to be judged by the righteousness and the blood of Jesus Christ. Because if that's uh, what's carrying you through, then you're in. But if you are still relying upon your good works, then you're going to be judged out of the book books of your works. And then his book is going to be opened and there's going to be a comparison. If your name is written in the Lamb's book of life, then you're in. But if we've not accepted Jesus Christ, we're not in. So that's why God makes that command. And it's so urgent. Yeah. And in second Corinthians chapter five, verse 20, Paul writes, now then we are ambassadors for Christ. In other words, we are representatives of heaven here on earth. Mm -hmm. Okay. As though God were pleading through us we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Mm-hmm. So, so there is it's a, pretty clear, there, isn't it? a plea. You're, you're, you're really on the wrong side. You're an enemy of God. The Bible says in Ephesians oh. mm-hmm. that we were enemies, we're enemies of God, mm-hmm. <clears throat> even well, though we're created by him because of our rebellion and our sinfulness, we are, have become his enemies. Well, we're rebellious and we're sinful because there's a, there's a, the, the serpent is among us, the dragon is among us, the demon, the devil is among us because when Adam and Eve were in the, in the garden, they were sinless until they, the dragon came, the serpent actually, and tempted them. And so, you know, we, I, this, this whole theological thing about sin and, and, and against God, we are created by God to know the truth, to want the truth, to love the truth, embrace the truth. This is our divine nature. That is our first nature, original nature. That's when God, when he said, let us make man in our image and likeness, that is what he imparted into us. God could not put into us sin. He could not put into us depravity because he, hadn't, he didn't have it. It wasn't in his DNA, so he couldn't pass it on to us. But what happened is when we're born and thrown into the, this world system, the God of this world, the snake pit, Satan begins to um, he manipulate us and our circumstances to deceive us into sinning and believing lies by, by first of all, coercion, coercion, intimidation, force, lack, pain, fear. He uses all these things to get us to choose to sin because when you're choosing to sin, you've actually believed a lie. And the lie was the lie that fear told you that if I don't do something, if I don't, you know, take on, receive this solution from the enemy, but you don't know it's the enemy. You just think it's a good idea for the moment. You believe a lie and you become then the servant of the lie. Er. So then what happens is basically our second nature um, Takes prevails, over. prevails well, over our yes. original nature. And that couldn't be overcome. This Our second nature, the sinful uh, intimidation and, uh, you know, that we've been given to that, that, that weakness, that intimidation that could not be overcome except through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And then he bought and paid for us. And now we have been, those who have accepted Jesus are now able to withstand the evil and the lies and the sin and the, and the temptation to sin through the grace of Jesus Christ. Let's look at this battle of the sides. A lot of people never think about this as the battle of the sides, but John chapter three, verse 16 
Scripture very familiar. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And we forget a lot of times about the verses that follow. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the, the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He who believes in him is not condemned. Okay? Mm-hmm. Clear. That, that, that's someone that's on the Lord's side. But he who does not believe, in other words, someone who is not on the Lord's side, is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. So how did that happen? First of all, God makes us in his image, okay? And then Satan, you know, got a hold of everybody in the garden, and then we became his possession because the soul that sin shall die, and he got Adam and Eve to sin, and all that pertained to them, including their offspring, became the devil. So we're, we're born into a world where, our, where we are already condemned because, uh, you know, not, not of anything we've done ourselves, but now we've come from a long legacy of sinners and unbelievers and people who've, you know, struggled in their relationship with God. So it's just, you know, we're just like in this avalanche of condemnation and we don't really understand why. Again, going back to the command to repent, it's because of God's love for us because he does not want us to perish. He's Isn't not it? willing that yeah. any should perish eternally to be lost forever in the lake of fire forever. Yeah. Uh, he do- he doesn't want that. He wants all people to come to repentance. And we said repentance is basically changing sides, coming onto the Lord's side. But then he says in, in John 3:19, and this is the condemnation that light has come into the world. Okay, mm-hmm. and that men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. Well, because they were doing all these sinful things, uh, they began to take on the nature and identity, their second nature and identity, as a sinner, as someone who's bad. And then Satan offers them the solution. Well, then you've got to be good. So then we're on the torture rack of trying to be good and never good enough. Well, then here it says in verse 20, for everyone practicing evil hates the light. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't want the truth. No, we would we would reject the truth and does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. We don't want to be exposed. Mm -hmm. People in political office these days don't want to be exposed, you know, because of their their deeds being so evil. But he who does the truth comes to the light. In other words, who's someone who comes to the Lord and repents, comes to the Lord's side, that his deeds may be clearly seen that they have been done in God. So here's the struggle of the sides. Mm-hmm. You, you, if you're practicing evil, you, you, you hate the light. You don't want the light, but the light can break in to you through a, a revelation, through the gospel, through the command to repent. It will come and it'll hit, it'll hit your heart and you realize that, man, it's like the prodigal son wakes up mm-hmm. in the pig pen and said, what am I doing here? I'm going to come to father's house. And all of this seems just kind of like manipulative on God's part, on Satan's part, until we receive the revelation of Jesus Christ. And Jesus said, no one comes to the Father except through me. And so Satan has created many, many options and ways to God, minus Jesus or removing Jesus and his blood from the from the formula, from the scenario. But no one comes to the Father but by me. And so if God has drawn you and you begin to wake up uh, and you see that there's something going on out there that isn't right. It doesn't feel right. It isn't right. It, it, you're starting to see it. Because unfortunately, many, many people live in this world, live their whole life pretty spiritually blind. They they have maybe a tiny 
inkling or revelation of God. But when it says today, if, if you hear the voice of the Lord, today is the day of salvation. When you hear God's voice, when you draw, when he's drawn you by his spirit, then act on it, answer it, obey it. Because as you obey Christ, Holy Spirit inside of you, you get stronger and stronger. But if you have not yet known that, that have you, you've not made that decision, you've not made that determination to serve God, then that's the first step. You have to be saved before you can be sanctified. And so when Jesus came down here in Matthew um, 6, 24, he said, uh, well, let's start up with 19. No, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is there, your heart will be also. Um, he says, the lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. In other words, you'll be able to see that light and then come to the truth or the truth will draw you to the light. Kind of works both ways. But if your if your eye is bad or full of evil, your whole body is full of darkness. If therefore, this is very interesting. Listen to this. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? So if what you believe to be true is not true but looks true, it looks like you're it's convinced a, it's true, but it's, but it's not, not the truth based yeah. on the word of God. Then how great is that darkness? Who is going to persuade you if you're caught up in that spirit of div- divination? Um, who's going to persuade you that you're wrong? Then Jesus said in 24, no one can serve two masters for either he will hate the one and love the other or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. And I think that's the difficult thing for a lot of people these days. They're trying to serve God and mammon. They're trying to be in the middle. They're trying to be on both sides. They're trying to be, they they end up being caught in the middle and getting nowhere. You have to decide. You have to choose. You must, there is going to be a line drawn and you're going to be there on this side or that side. There is, you're not, you don't want to be on the line itself because the line is going to be the earthquake that's going to swallow you up. You have to get in or get out as the word of God says. Well, Joshua said, choose you this day whom you may serve. He said to the people, mm-hmm. he says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. In other words, I'm going to be on the Lord's side. We had issues with the children of Israel back in the day when the Assyrians Take, took over uh, the northern kingdom of Israel and, and Samaria. And, and they, what they did is they, well, here's what, what happened. They kind of um, reoccupied, they sent occupation, uh, pe- people to occupy the land of, of Israel. The pagans came in there and mixed with the, the mm-hmm. people of God that were still mm-hmm. in the land that hadn't been carried away, had all kinds of problems. And it says in 2 Kings chapter 17, verse 32, So they feared the Lord, and from every class they appointed for themselves priests of the high places mm-hmm. who sacrificed for them in the shrines of the high places. Now those You're, shrines and high places, what were they? Uh, well, The places of demon worship. Demon, demon, mm-hmm. demon worship. So, so it says in verse 33, so they feared the Lord, yet they served their own gods, mm-hmm. according to the rituals of the nations among whom they were carried away. To this day, they continue practicing the former rituals and do not fear the Lord, nor do they follow the statutes or their ordinances or the law or the commandment which the Lord had commanded the children of Jacob, whom he named Israel. So to this they're, day, they're, isn't they're, that interesting? They had a respect for God, for the true living God. 
yet they serve their own gods. Mm-hmm. They, they, and so practically, well, this, in, in, in their mind, they say, well, yeah, we should be aware of God because, you know, but then, you know, fear, practically day to day, they serve their own their own. Well, gods. they were intimidated by peer pressure and by the circumstances and the surroundings, and they weren't able to discern um, their own identity and who it's, they were. It, it's interesting. You know, uh, they at the time of Elijah, they, the people didn't know. He said, who, who's God? Who's, you know, who, who's the Lord? We don't, is it God or is it Baal or Baal, like mm-hmm. we say? And the people of God... Were silent. Were silent. Didn't answer. They, so it's like their silence was spoke volumes because it's the, they didn't know anymore mm-hmm. who God was. And, and well, that's the whole point of this whole, you know, sad. demonic onslaught tsunami of evil that we have come under, and it's been here forever. It's been here since the garden in its various forms and pr- pressures and intensities. But right now, guys, we're heading on into the return of Jesus Christ very soon, and it's it, it, you won't have time if you're not preparing now. You won't have time to get ready because he's going to come for some in the twinkling of an eye and you don't get ready in the twinkling of an eye. Sorry. I don't care how fast you move, but there, you know, so God is saying, get ready now, walk now, because you know what? The world is just going to get more and more seductive, more, more deceptive, more violent, more oppressive. Yeah. And and you're going to find your shelter and your hope and your, and your haven in Jesus Christ. So don't deprive yourself of the goodness of God, even when you need it the most. And Jesus again reminds us in Matthew 12, verse 30, he who is not with me is against me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He who does not gather with me scatters abroad. So you're either you're either for him or you're against him. There is absolutely no middle ground. Yeah, you and Jesus says... two masters, like you said. Yeah, he said there's a time coming when they're going to say, Lord, Lord, haven't we done many mighty works in your name? And this is uh, Matthew chapter 7. Um, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then then I will declare to them, now this is Jesus talking, he says, I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. So the, the treachery here is that things can look so good. You can look like you're casting out demons. You're you're um, you know prophesying, um, doing many wonders in His name, but you're not of His Spirit. So this is how treacherous this, the Antichrist spirits, the, the deceivers, the spirit of divination, are so treacherous that they can deceive, if possible, even the very elect. So we need to humble ourselves and submit ourselves to God and, you know, repent, confess your sins. I don't know why that is such a hard thing for people to do. I think because of pride, because of fear, because of don't want to make a mistake, don't want to admit you made a mistake. But there's nothing that seems to be so offensive to the human being as to confess, uh, repent, admit when you're wrong. And yet that is the critical criteria for for changing your mind and changing sides well there's a great hatred for truth jesus said you know they hated me and they're going to hate you they persecuted me they're going to persecute you there is a very well that's coming from satan the god of this world yeah he hates the truth and he hates those who love the truth hates those who loves the truth and opposes those who loves the truth any way he can well and jesus said again you can't serve two masters 
um, you're going to you're going to choose one or the other. And this is the bottom line. People, like you said, think they can serve, you know, do do both, you know, okay, can I can serve God and serve myself? No, you really can't. The only way you can serve God is to die to yourself. Second Corinthians six fourteen through eighteen it says, um, "Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness, and what communion has light with darkness? Or what accord has Christ with Belial or, or the devil? Or what part has a believer with an unbeliever?" Now that doesn't mean that we just don't have anything to do with unbelievers. Mm-hmm. But if we're sharing their values and worshiping their same their idols, then then it's off. We That's, can't make excuses anymore about no what excuses. we're doing. Yeah, he says, what to agreement? Ha- what agreement has the temple of God with idols? The Bible says, "For you are the temple of the living God." As God said, "I will dwell in them. I will walk in them. I will be their God. They shall be my people." Therefore, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Mm-hmm. Do not touch what is unclean, and I will receive you. I will be a father to you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. And then in chapter 7, verse 1 of Second Corinthians, Therefore, having these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. And the one so last, holiness, yeah. holiness is not just becoming super religious. No. <laughs> it's a matter of separating yourself. Be coming to the Lord's side and staying on the Lord's Pure, side. Pure, holy, one, separate. That's what holiness means. It means it's not a mixture of things. And the final call to separation is in Revelations 18, where he says, and this is after Babylon is destroyed and the whole world has basically been bombed with all kinds of things. He says, um, in verse 4, he says, I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people. Come out of Babylon. Come out of the world system. Um, come out of her, lest you share in her sins, and lest you receive of her plagues. For the, her sins have reached to heaven, and God has remembered her iniquities. There is a time soon when God is going to be judging all of these iniquities, sins, and things that we thought we got by with all the abominations. I mean, I mean, they're so abominate. The abominations are so vile and so incredibly wicked and blasphemous and, and unbelievable, unspeakable that it's very difficult sometimes to even comprehend that this is what the world and Satan has drugged the human race into doing to, you know, eating one another, killing one another, drinking each other's blood, um, you know, killing each other through deceptive means, uh, promising health and life. And then, and then uh, underneath that you've plotted to kill them, betrayed them. This is all of what, but we must choose. Do you want Babylon, which is going to be destroyed or do you want God and and if you if you have such a resistance in you as as we're speaking as this is you're hearing this if there's a real resistance in you to this idea if there's a real uh, uprising internally within you an arrogance or a, a whatever you need to make note of that because that is not your divine nature that is not the holy spirit prompting you to to hate god to rebel against god and it's not going to end up being good for you if you listen to that spirit of resistance well, you know, the time comes, the time comes when you can no longer change sides. Mm-hmm. And this is basically Revelations, Revelation, is it? Yeah, He's, Revelation 22, Yeah, 11. that's scary. He says, he who is unjust, let him be unjust still. He who is filthy, let him be filthy still. He who is righteous, let him be righteous still. He who is holy, let him be holy still. 
Yeah, and in verse, and continuing on, he says, um, as God's going to come, wipe away all tears from every eye. There should be no more death, no more sorrow, no crying, uh, no more pain. No, the former things have passed away. Behold, I make all things new. Then he says in verse 8, but, it says, well, verse 7, he says, he who overcomes shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my son. This is not a threat. This is a promise. But the cowardly, that's the fearful, the unbelieving, those who think they know better, the abominable, those who kill one another, the murderers, the sexually immoral, the sorcerers who practice witchcraft, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. This is in the Bible. This is not a political uh, statement. This is not politically correct or incorrect. This is not about uh, not loving people. This is what God says. And if you do love someone, you will, will tell them the truth because love speaks the truth. And, and allows people to make a, a clear choice, not just, oh, you're fine, you're fine, just do what we want, you're fine. Daniel said in the last days, he said, Many shall be purified, made white and refined, but the wicked shall do wickedly, and none of the wicked shall understand, but the wise shall understand. That talks mm-hmm. about the division. That talks yeah. about the separation. Yeah. That talks about the time when um, you can't make the change anymore. So... It, it's, it's very important to make it now. that to make the change now while you still can. Yeah. Come onto the Lord's side Come to me. Oh, while yeah. you yeah. still have the opportunity, while your heart is still tender, while you're not under the total blindness of the devil. Mm-hmm. Come in. Come on to the Lord's and there's side. And there's many obstacles to coming right now because of fear, because of lockdown, because of, of what we think, you know, other people, where our safety is. You know, the cry is for safety. Not salvation. Satan offers say, safety in in all of his antics, but God, Jesus, offers salvation, and He says here, um, many will say the scoffers in the last days are actually a sign of the last days. So if you scoff, you say, "Well, He's not going to come back. You know, There's where's He coming? You know, promise. Coming. You're an actual sign of His return because you showed up." And Jesus, Peter says that knowing this, at first scoffers will come in the last days, walking according to their own lusts. They, their arrogance, they think they know it all. They, they think that things are as they've always been, and they are in control of things. Um, and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. For they, for this, they willfully forget. There, there's a willful ignorance here mm-hmm. that by the word of the Lord, the heavens were of old and the earth standing out of the water and in the water by which the world was that then existed perished being flooded with water. But the heavens and the earth, which now exist, are kept in store for the same word, reserved for fire unto the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. So the first time God destroyed the world with the flood, with, with water, he's promised not to do that again and gave us the rainbow. But he said the second time is going to come with fire. And that is definitely part of, if you read the book of Revelations, that is exactly what's happening. Matthew 24, Jesus warned that about living in the darkness of his delay rather than in the light of his coming. Mm-hmm. He said, if we say, oh, the Lord delays his coming, just like they did in, in, in Israel in the book of Exodus uh, chapter 32, they said, where's Moses? He's not coming mm-hmm. down. Mm-hmm. We, we can't, we can't, we're not going to wait for him any longer. We're just going to do our deal. and, and Live our life. He mm-hmm. said, you know, he, he says in Matthew 24, let's look at verses, uh, begin with verse 45. 
Who then is that faithful and wise servant whom his master made ruler over his household to give them food in due season? Blessed is that servant whom his master, when he comes, will find doing, so doing. Mm-hmm. Assuredly, I say to you that he will make him ruler over all his goods. But if that evil servant says in his heart, my master is delaying his coming and begins to beat his fellow servants and eat and drink with the drunkards. Yeah. yeah just turn loose, you know, in your party idolatry, it party it up. The master of that servant will come in a, on a day when he is not looking for him and at an hour when he is not that he is not aware of and will cut him in two and appoint him his portion with the hypocrites and there shall be weeping and gnashing. So this is the teeth. temptation we have right now to, because of God's delay, which is a, a blessing for many because they're still not caught up in the truth, um, we can get haphazard, we can get... Um, defeated we can get discouraged and we can party we can give i think a lot of people give Just place give to dis- despair and discouragement um and that's not at all what you need to be doing right now what we want to do right now is ask the lord to give us um the the revelation of power and truth and faithfulness to stand in having done all to stand question is are you on the lord's side mm-hmm. he is the only side where there is truth love joy peace forgiveness healing Deliverance, hope, and eternal life. That's where he is. Amen. And so if if you're not truly on his side, now is the time yeah. to this is step across and the line. come on the Lord's yeah, side. Yeah, it's super serious because it's going to determine where you and maybe even your own family will spend eternity. And there's no way you want to be in the place of judgment and damnation on that day. You do not want. There's no way. And there's no recall there's no when you, once that that line is drawn there's no returning so father whatever we uh your holy spirit has said to us today um make it imprint it on our hearts and minds make give us a determination to assure ourselves that we are on the lord's side by declaring your righteousness your your peace your salvation that none would perish, none would be lost, even in this last-minute disinformation campaign by Satan and hell to create much confusion among your people. Let your word come forth and let the people who know their God stand up and do those exploits that you've called us to do in Jesus' name without fear. Yes, and help us all, Lord, to be like Joshua. He said, choose who you this day, who you're going to serve. And Joshua said, as for me and my I've made my decision. As for me and my house, my family, we will serve the Lord. Amen. God bless you guys. Uh, Be encouraged, and we'll talk to you again. I have an emergency. What is your location? 